Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us in another fun and exciting week as we dive through the world of games. And we have something interesting for you guys. Once again, like always, all of our topics are interesting. Come on, you know you love them. But anyway, <laughs> so... This week, we are going to be diving into the world of mythos and mythology in video games. Uh, specifically, we are going to be starting with Greek mythology. Now, this is probably going to be growing into another one of our patented mini-series. Mini-series is this? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's a plural series. Is series just series? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and we're going to be diving through the mythos of other regions as well. But we figured with the release of a certain type of video game that's pretty big on the market right now and people are kind of enjoying it we figured we might as well start with greek mythology and there's actually some interesting things about that and there's some really cool games that come out of greek mythology and we've actually like unintentionally have learned a lot about the gods, about Greece itself, and about a lot of things that have happened there, outside of, of course, the normal history books that we are used to and we've grown up on in, you know, American history class and things like that, where you actually learn a lot about Greek mythology, which I think is kind of funny. But anyway, yeah, we're going to be diving into some amazing games and actually maybe some of the reasons why we see so many titles actually use Greece as a backdrop. There's a pretty interesting story behind that. But before we start diving into that, why don't we talk about some of the, or kind of your experience with Greek mythology outside of video games. Actually, I'm kind of curious about that. Like before video games, was it something that enticed you? I, I know that I was kind of a big Greek mythology nerd growing up, and I just loved everything about the gods and all those stories. But how, how do you feel about them? And maybe do you feel like you're quote-unquote education of Greek mythology has grown or your appreciation of it has grown over time through video games? Uh, I grew up reading mythology for many like different regions of the world and different areas. And I mean, folklore and myths have always been like one of my favorite subjects. But uh, I think Greek was maybe the first one I got into. And I think for a lot of people, it's the same way just because it's so easy to get into, right? The names are pretty easy to remember, and the stories have been told enough in many different forms of media that, like it or not, you probably know some Greek mythology without sitting down and reading the stories. But yeah, I mean, Especially for like our generation, it was pretty easy because I mean, think about the movies, right? Like Hercules and all the cartoons and just stuff out there. Like it, it was always kind of in our face. Um, I personally used to really like Greek mythology, and then as I got older, I kind of, I don't want to say I found it kind of boring compared to some other countries, like stories and stuff. But it's definitely maybe the most friendly mythology 
mm-hmm. out of a lot of other regions in the world. A lot of the other ones are pretty dark and gritty. And I know the Greek one can get pretty dark and gritty, but it's, I feel like it's more of the, the first step in understanding all that. Cause there's so much to it, but yeah, I mean, once games started getting into it, I, I got really, I think that's when I really started kind of diving into the whole deeper understanding of Greek mythology. But uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, growing up, obviously, that was a huge part of our upbringing, of our education. So it was always interesting. And yeah, after a while, it does become a little tedious, a little boring, as you said. Uh, and maybe boring is not the right word for it, but more like normalized and we know the stories. It's like being told the same story over and over and over again. We we know it. We know the tale. Like we know the names Icarus. We know the names right. Like the Titans. We know Apollo. We know right. Like those names are commonplace in our society. So it just became kind of like lackluster to a certain point. And then eventually I started diving into other folklore from other regions and it became interesting again. And there is a lot more to it, right? And I don't know if it's that the other folklore is more interesting or is it just we're learning something new about a different part of the world? Because a lot of the stories actually have some major similarities between them because a lot of these stories and mythos are based off of the same people, right? Like it, it's a very commonplace thing where you can find a similar tale in different regions from Greece to Asia to America, right? But told in a different lens based on where you're at in that culture. So it it is kind of cool to see those connections and then see what differences and see how their own personal cultures uh, have changed the tales uh, to fit them, to fit their person or fit them personally a little bit better right so it is mm-hmm. it is really cool to see i mean of course with like Dungeons and dragons and all that stuff there's so many characters and monsters that are based off of greek lore i mean obviously based off of a lot of different types of lore as well but greece has a huge uh undertaking there with all of those things and it, it is really cool to see and just be able to kind of just have a better understanding of those things is really fun like uh, whenever I went to uh, whenever I go to like a museum and you see a statue and you're able to actually say who it is. Right. And like know the story and the background behind them. It is a really nice thing to know, like not trying to be the, you know, well, actually, this is the God. Uh, right. Like, no, like it, it, it's just kind of a nice tidbit of knowledge to have just to get the background behind it and have a deeper appreciation for the artwork itself. And a lot of the stories in Greek mythology are pretty amazing. And a lot of them have to do with persevering through some sort of hardship. So I think that's why they're easily relatable to anybody, really. Like the story of Achilles being the greatest hero and fighting through, right? It's like fighting all of Troy, right? Like it just, there's a huge aspect there that's really fun, relatable. It's like the modern or the old school superheroes, right? But Mm -hmm. everybody has a weakness and just like kind of being able to take that away where even if you see the strongest person in the world or you think someone is the strongest in the world and it doesn't have to be with actual human strength, it could be whatever you deem as what strength actually means, there can be a chink in their armor. It could be their heel. It could be their own personal self-worth, right? Like how they view themselves. It could be, uh, there's 
all kinds of things in that. And I think that's why I really like Greek mythology because it takes like really basic human ideas and makes them fantastical. And then it makes it relatable in a way in which you can share with the youth and they can understand certain hardships that they might face later on in life and have someone that is relatable to them later on. So I, I do really appreciate that a lot about Greek mythology. It's just a lot of fun to look into as well. And then the artwork and things like that that have been inspired by these tales is just amazing to see. And to see how they are now inspiring video games and how they're being portrayed in so many different ways. Like every single possible genre, even JRPGs use Greek mythology as an inspiration for their video games. Some of them do, not saying all of them do, right? But like you can see that in them. Like it is really, really exciting to see that. And it's really interesting because there's something for everybody. And I think that's a pretty great thing. I mean, that, that's the great thing about video games, right? There's a game for everyone. So it, it, this is just another way of finding a game that helps expand on something that you probably already have some sort of background behind, right? So it's, I don't know, it's, it's a nice little thing there. Makes it kind of fun. Now, some people might be asking, why are there so many Greek games out there or so many games inspired by Greek mythology? And this is a bit of a behind the scenes kind of action here when it comes to game design. And a lot of people probably don't know this, but there is a way for game developers to receive grants and funding for educational games. Now, some of you might be asking, God of War is not an educational game. So why are we bringing this up? Well, if you really look at it, God of War and almost every single game that has some sort of Greek-inspired aspect to it can be looked as, as educational. You can make that argument because they are telling the real tale, well, quote-unquote real, right? It's myths. But they are telling the myths of <laughs> Greek folklore. Like, they are actually retelling these stories without skewing them too much, and sometimes not at all where they're telling the, like really bringing out the personality of the gods that have been told through these stories. And it's very similar to writing a book about Greek mythology. If you write a book about Greek mythology, you might, you're going to be recounting the same tales that are told in countless books, but the way you write it is going to change the pace, the tone and things like that. So it is the same aspect with video games. The way it is presented to the viewer can be changed, but it can be looked at as an educational experience as well. And there actually is a pretty big um, funding aspect to this, which I think was really interesting. And I don't like we, we tried looking into it a little bit and we couldn't find any other regions that have funding programs like this. But Greece actually has a funding program for game developers where they can get like a 35% cash rebate, uh, as well as a 30% tax deduction on their games if they are if they portray Greece in a historical light, right? Uh, and there is a quote from one of the, uh, the what is it? The, for the Minister for Economy and Development in Greece, uh, he said that 
there's a call for boosting the production of audiovisual products in Greece involving cultural and educational digital games. So they want more titles like this because they realize that this is another media source in order to get information out. Like it's pretty brilliant, actually. And I'm sure there's a lot of game designers that don't know about this, but they should really look into it because a lot of titles might have some sort of educational background to them. It could be sci-fi, it could be anything like that. But if you're teaching a message or you're telling, recounting a actual tale that happened, even if it's, you know, set in a completely different setting, it could be looked at as a quote unquote educational game because you're learning something from it, right? Like think back to Bioshock. We learned a lot about Karl Marx and all that stuff, right? And like we, there's a lot that happened with that tale and that could be an educational version of Atlas Shrugged, right? Like it could be that kind of idea and they could have gotten a grant from it. And who knows, maybe they did actually go down that route to help fund the project. It just makes sense. It, it's a pretty smart and genius thing to do. And I, I, don't know, I thought that was pretty fascinating to hear that Greece is actually calling for this. They want more of this and they're willing to assist in the funding of projects to make this thing happen, to keep the stories alive in this new media form. I mean, it's smart, you know, you preserve your, I don't say ideology, that's the wrong word. You support your, um, history, right? You support your history. And it's, it's interesting because when you think about it, like say, you know, these games that portray the Greek gods and stuff, not only that, but they're portraying the architecture, right? The culture you think, you know, um, I know we're going to get into games later, but I can't help but think, you know, you look at Assassin's Creed Odyssey where the world is literally looks like, you know, probably what Greece did back in the day. Mm -hmm. And to me, like showing what life could be like back then, especially in like in a very realistic setting, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, I love that Greece is doing that because I didn't know this actually existed until you told me about this. And it makes me wish that really every country that, I mean, could afford it could do it. Cause it's like, as someone who loves to just go on Google and look at different cultures and learn about life in other places, I would love to be able to, you know, play games in other, about other countries, right? Their legends, their, their culture, their life. Like it's so fascinating to me. And there's so many cultures out there that aren't explored. And yeah, I would love to see this. It's just, it's, I feel like this is not really something known, like the incentive, like maybe, maybe to like developers and stuff who have an interest in it will know about it. But I feel like common people like us, like we don't, obviously we didn't really know it existed. And it makes me wonder like what else out there exists for these kind of funding things. Cause it's, I don't know. It, it's a good incentive. Yeah. Like, I, I do remember hearing about it a long time ago, but it it 
like went one in one ear and out the other. And I never put the pieces together for games like Assassin's Creed or God of War. And they're amazing depictions of either the tales, the myths themselves, or even the cityscapes. Because that, that's actually a big part of it as well for the, the funding from Greece is that you need to portray real Greece, right? Like you need to actually have realistic uh, buildings and how it would be. So like Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a perfect example of that in which it's exactly the city, right? Like it, it is how it would have been in the past. But there was a a, a, board, a card game that I was kind of working on, fell off a little bit, but it had to do with um, historical leaders over time and things like that. And I won't go too much into it because I probably can't talk about it. The game's not out. Uh, but the there was a ask or there was a question of funding and one of the ideas that got brought out was well why don't we apply for educational grants in order to fund this project because it is speaking about historical leaders throughout the world right and i think that like you said it is kind of a shame that more countries don't have something like this in place and i totally get it because you know not everybody can afford funding plans like that and not every government is thinking about video games in a positive light like greece apparently is which I think is great, uh, but why not have a you know a cultural collective funding group where it doesn't have to be just Greece or a specific country asking for these things? It could just be like the United Nations of video games, right? And if you have a story to tell about your lore, whether it's Inuit, Mexican, right, like the Aztecs, the Mayans, the in or for tales from India or like you know anywhere it can be from why can't they apply for like a worldwide cultural grant in video game history right, and become an educational video game that way? I think obviously there might be people who try and exploit that system, but it, it is a it would be a great thing, especially with how big video game preservation is nowadays, being able to preserve cultures in a very different media source that would be, it's cool. And it's kind of fun because you're slightly tricking people into learning something. But I, I do like that aspect a lot. I think it's really, really cool. All right, so why don't we jump into some games that actually deal with Greek mythology? You know, obviously, there's some big ones. And we already touched on it a little bit, so why don't we just dive right into God of War, right? It's one of the biggest heavy-hitting ones right now. Everyone's playing it. And it is the reason why we chose Greece first, because... Uh, I mean, I'm playing God of War as well. Not the one you're thinking of, because I'm very behind, but you played God of War Ragnarok. And I, I think these games are fantastic. I mean, I've always loved the God of War games. They've always been so much fun and just like really enjoyable experiences. The battle systems have always been fantastic. And that is still true to this day. Like they are able to stay relevant in the way that they portray Kratos in his story. Right. Like if you think about it, we were playing as Kratos when we were teenagers. Now we're adults. And like some of us, have, like you, for instance, have baby. Right. <laughs> Kratos mm -hmm. now has child. Like it's it's like Kratos is growing up with the, its audience. And it's nice to see that growth through these titles. And it's just been a joy to play. I mean, like I said, I'm behind. So I'm playing the 2018 God of War before I play Ragnarok because I have yet to play that game. I uh, just started playing it recently and I am blown away. Like, I can't believe I have not played this game. And I somehow have avoided all spoilers of God of War 2018. 
I've not looked at anything. So this has just been a real enjoyable experience. And the the seamlessness between gameplay and cutscenes, I think, is just amazing. And I know that's like a new gen thing where it's hard to tell what's a cutscene, what's not, but it's it's so good. It's so good. And it actually reminds me of um I believe I was playing God of War 3 and my stepmom was watching me play it and like about 40 minutes into watching me play this game she goes like wait what the hell and i'm like what what happened is everything okay she's like are you playing a video game right now and i was like yeah why like i've been playing it this whole time she's like i thought we were watching a movie like and that goes to say like how fluid god of war has always been so that, I mean, kudos to that, right? Like she really thought that she was just watching a movie, <laughs> like an animated movie, whereas I was just playing the game. And it it was really, really cool. I think I just like, I paused it. She's like, wait a minute, this is a video game? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it's pretty funny. But I, I know that you, like 2018 God of War is great. I know you played that one and you're playing Ragnarok. Uh, and we've talked about it a little bit over the last couple episodes, but and I know you took kind of a break, right? But how do you think the lore behind God of War is standing up now that it's t- it's moving away from Greece? It's no longer Greece, so it's definitely a different retelling. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't recommend people like learning their Norse mythology from it, like the names and kind of the characters, like the way they look, like kind of resemble what they are in the story but like the actual story is kind of like a a very different take obviously because i mean there was never a greek god in norse mythology but and they don't curse all the time probably so (laughs) eh, they probably do um (laughs) it's it's interesting you bring up god of war 3 because i remember the graphics of that being really it's like ahead of its time when they came out Mm -hmm. um yeah, as someone who played the very first God of War and then didn't play any until, oh boy, I know I played a little bit before the 2018, I think I played maybe Chains of Olympus or whatever because it was free, but that was it. Like I never, interestingly enough, got into God of War just because I thought like, it was like a dude game, like a bro game. Um, I, I went back and I mean, I played the first three. I never beat the third one though, but I, I really liked the way they carried that kind of like Greek mythology and really did something with it. Uh, with the newer ones, 2018 Ragnarok, I think it's very interesting. I really like the style of it. I I want to see what they do. I would like to see them explore more. I just feel like it kind of worked out perfectly with Norse mythology. And I'm like, if they were to ever really just, you know, scrap it and do something totally different, like, what would they do? And I'm like thinking, I don't really know what they could do. You know, like there's no reason to go back to Greece after everything that happened. And it's 
They it's interesting. Like an like, American Gods thing. Did you ever read that story? I've heard of it. Oh, it's so good. But it's a uh, modern time gods, and they are a lot of them. They're still gods, right? But they don't have their powers because people no longer believe in them that way, or they no longer like. They could be like full civilizations are lost, but the god is just there wandering still and just kind of living in society, whatever, right? And I, I mean, he's god theoretically; he can live forever, right? So. Mm-hmm. What if it, it could be like a more futuristic or kind of more modern style, but it's the fact that the gods are, in the story of American gods, there were some that were trying to gain power again and they were doing some pretty evil messed up things. So why can't it be like a disgruntled Greek god that's still there that now Kratos has to deal with, right? And is trying to do mm. some inhumane, horrible things. And maybe, of course, get Kratos gets wrapped up into this the whole ordeal like he always does and has to take him out. Like I could see that maybe being a further venture, but I, I don't really like I said, I don't I don't think that there is much more they can do with the franchise. Yeah. It I mean, they already mentioned like this isn't spoilers or anything, because this was announced like way before uh, the newest one came out, but it's like they said they're done with Norse mythology and they want to, they are questioning where they want to go next. And that's why I'm like, where are they going to go next? Like, yeah, it, it would be weird to send them to like India or Japan, right? Like, cause then it sounds like he's just yeah. hopping, right? Like folklore hopping. Just doesn't have that same. And, yeah, I'm just curious where they would go. Like, I don't want to say anything about the new game, but I'm just saying, like, where would they go? It, it, it's an interesting idea because I know, you know, Sony's not going to want to just cut this franchise off. Mm-hmm. You know that I feel like maybe there could be, like, a spinoff of it for one of the characters, maybe, or... Maybe it's a different time in his life. Mm. Like we go way in the past. Or you play as a something. Yeah, I could see that. Honestly, I think when it comes down to everything, that's probably what it's going to be. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious where they're going to take it. And I honestly would love to see it back in Greece just because I felt like they really... I don't know. It was just really fun going through that romp in that era. Cause I mean, I feel like back in that PS2 era when they came out, there wasn't a whole lot of big Greek games. Mm-hmm. There were on the PC, but for console, you didn't really see it that often or done like that. Basically. Yeah. You know, it'd be a real big, like tug at the heartstrings style game. God of War Atreus, and you have to kill your father. You become the next God of War. That'd be kind of fascinating. Yeah. I don't know how they would loop that, but it'd be really interesting. Yeah. Like, there's something there that happens, and, like, you have to, right? Or, like, some god ends up taking control of Kratos, or whatever it may be, right? Or, like, a blind rage, and he's 
he's completely lost himself or whatever it may be, right? But you have to play as Atreus and mm-hmm. do that. And I think that would be a way to keep the franchise going. Like it's it is smart of them to give him a child because that does give them an out. So yeah, it, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. And if if they're they have such a great track record to show that they can stay relevant throughout all this time and still keep up the pace of what you expect from a God of War franchise. So I, I would be really excited to see what comes out next. I thought of a, a great game that I remember back in the day. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about talking about this today because I forgot it existed, but this was a game of my childhood. Um, Actually, the other games from the same people that made this, I just remember seeing on the back of a CD case and freaked out about it. But uh, Zeus and Poseidon, it's a uh, city builder game from, oh my God, I think maybe late 90s. I'm trying to find the original date when this came out. So I played this when I was young. Steam's like 2016. I'm like, no, I was a kid. Yeah, I think I it was. This. Was it 2000 and 2001? No. I feel like maybe I I was more into yeah. Pharaoh and Cleopatra, which that came out in 99. So yeah, that sounds about right in 2000. But I loved these games. I thought it was awesome. You know, going kind of talking about how when I was a kid, you know, it was. It's very, obviously it's old, right? It's basic, but I thought it was so cool because it really depicted Greek life in like kind of an interesting way, right? You get to build, it's a Sim City, but in Greek, Mm -hmm. like history. And uh, I think that was actually my first game that dealt with Greek mythology Um, because I loved city builders with a passion growing up. And... Being able to do this and Pharaoh and, you know, all those time pieces, Caesar three, like it was just to me, I loved it. Even though they were kind of all the same game, just different skins. Right. Uh, I thought Zeus was cool because, you know, I loved Greek mythology and I loved how the gods kind of played into the city, too. So it's like, you know, you could face the wrath of a god and it would affect the city. And it's just it was a fascinating and fun take on it that felt different enough from sim city but uh yeah i wasn't even damn i forgot about this game until we were talking about it and i'm like i know there was a game as a kid i really liked damn this is memories looking at the pictures though i remember seeing the pictures of that and i i wish i i think nowadays i would be more into city builders i i kind of wish that i was more into them when i was younger because that's a whole genre that i feel like i missed out on but i guess it's never too late Never too late. It's just, you know, dated. There's nowadays there's good ones for everybody, but that's a topic for a different day. And all right. So real quick, I want to bring up a couple games that are going to be pretty fast here that have to do with Greek mythology that I found that I think are very, very interesting. One of them is going to be kind of surprising and there's not too much to dive into. So uh, like I mentioned earlier, that there are there's a genre for everybody whenever you talk about Greek mythology in video games. And even JRPGs, like I said, have some inspiration with them. And one in particular that might surprise people is actually Persona 3. So Persona is such a huge title. I mean, I don't feel like we need to explain Persona, right? Like it's 
a lot of people know about this game. But whenever you think of that game, and when you look at the images of it, or anything from Shin Megami Tensei stuff, like you don't think that it has any inspiration from Greek mythology. But specifically, the third one actually dealt with uh, the world of Tartarus. So during the night, you would actually explore Tartarus, and it it had like a very interesting modern take on the Greek gods themselves there. And uh, Tartarus is known as a location in Greek mythology. It's, it's described as the a deep abyss that was used to torment and suffer uh, the wicked people. And it was actually the prison, uh, the prison of the Titans themselves. So I, I found that really interesting. And especially whenever you think about JRPGs, usually bosses, particularly final bosses, are just giant ridiculous like right it's just always over the top with the way that they're portrayed and when you think titans like that is exactly that right like they are insane over the top monsters that are just kind of lurking under the surface just waiting to get out so i thought that was pretty cool to see that you know even greek mythology can go to something like that now another title i thought that was really interesting real quick was uh it's a vr title and I mean, after when you look at it, it's it's from 2017, so you know, give it a break. It's an old school VR game, <laughs> but it's it's called Theseus, and it tells the story of Theseus himself uh, during one of his adventures when dealing with the Minotaur. So it's a VR game in which you are going through the maze and dealing with the Minotaur, which I thought was a really interesting idea. Like I've always loved the story of the Minotaur. And I've always loved the setting of that, the maze itself, and just how massive it always is portrayed as, and just thinking that this Minotaur is lurking and waiting and hunting you down the entire time that you're there. So making that a VR experience seems like a really good fit and to kind of add to the whole claustrophobia of being trapped in a maze. So I think the setting is very clever. Now, did the game... Was it successful in the portrayal of that? Probably not, whatever, right? But remember, 2017 VR game, got to give it a little bit of a break here. It'd be cool if they try and, you know, bring back that concept once again. And just the story of the Minotaur himself, right? Like, just the the torment and just the horrible actions that were performed by the gods on something that was bred by accident, really, right? Like, so it is, it is a very interesting tale in its own right. So I thought that was pretty cool that even VR has it and JRPGs as well. Speaking of JRPGs with Greek stuff, um, I didn't know this existed either because I kind of avoided the DS Mm -hmm. um, for not any reason, really. I just, there's so many titles on it. I felt just kind of like never really became known. And it was called Glory of Hercules. And apparently there were, multiple titles in this series but it's a turn-based rpg uh following hercules and it's you know it's kind of what what you would expect from a kind of non-triple-a jrpg very kind of basic it's seems like it's gotten kind of mixed reviews for the most part uh for most of the titles doesn't look bad but kind of fascinating because you know you don't really see any JRPGs actually set in like a Greek setting, just more so like how you were mentioning with Tartarus and stuff, where it's, you know, hints or flavors, which 
surprisingly enough, you don't really see a whole lot of that either. Right. right? Like a lot of times with JRPGs, you see a lot of Norse yeah. um, stuff brought in, which definitely for our Norse episode one day, there's going to be a lot to unpack with that. Um, but for right now, you know, a game that I'm not going to spend too much time talking about because I feel like enough people know about it already, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey for me was probably one of the best feelings of being in that world. Mm. Um, it truly is a beautiful game. I mean, those open world Assassin's Creed games can get kind of tiring after a while. And I agree. I hated Valhalla. I, I beat it <laughs> after wasting hours on it, but it was too long of a game. And you could say the same with Odyssey taking too long because it's a big world. But the difference is I actually enjoyed Odyssey. And, you know, there's there's gods in it. I won't say any more about that because, you know, for people that haven't played, it's kind of a fun little interesting thing that you see but uh it's really cool like you feel like you're in that timepiece i love games that do timepieces and i feel like they do it really well um i don't know if they took like old history like did a lot, a lot of research on it or not but it it really feels like it and to me when i think about an educational game of that time feel like that's a perfect representation of it but that was a really enjoyable game and another ubisoft game that also touches on that was uh mortals phoenix rising mm, yep and i feel like this is a game that really came out and then disappeared um a lot of people i talked to that played it actually enjoyed it i know i did even though it kind of just feels like breath of the wild but yeah faster pace and i mean it's true it does feel like it and i enjoyed my time with it like if you're able to get it cheap like i don't know 15 dollars or less like i think it's a fun game honestly because you know it's the greek gods and it's it's actually really enjoyable even though it's another collect-a-thon kind of Breath of the Wild kind of adventure. Uh, I I thought it was a lot of fun. I did not regret going through and actually beating that game. But I think it just came out know, at I the feel, wrong time. Yeah, it, it, it kind of came out. So everyone was comparing it to that. Well, it came out. I feel like it came out when the PS5 was coming out and everyone was kind of. um distracted by that and there was another big game that came out because i know breath of all came out before that there was something else that came out and i remember it got kind of overshadowed and i think it was another i think it was valhalla i think valhalla was coming out like not long after that mm. so no one really oh i remember the trailer was really annoying yeah for it it was like bad like cringy and that actually made me not want to play it but then when i saw people playing it i got interested um but there's there's a lot of good games that are kind of i don't want to say open worldy in it but you know there's 
there's a lot of cool takes on Greek stuff. And, you know, I look at games maybe like Titan Quest, where it's like a Diablo-style game in a Greek setting. And even though the story in that is, I mean, it's not really anything to blow your mind. It's a Diablo clone. Those games don't really have deep stories. Okay. But it's a really fun game. I think it really takes the mythology in it interestingly enough like fighting cyclops and stuff it's a very mindlessly fun game mm-hmm. and i think a game that recently really captured most people at least that are into it was hades yeah. i mean i feel like before god of war the, the recent god of war is like i feel like greek wise hades was probably one of my favorite games. I mean, it still is one of my favorite games, honestly. Like, it's it's such a good game. I like how it flipped the script of what you would expect from a normal Greek, you know, setting itself. Every time you have mm-hmm. a Greek game, you play as one of the heroes in Greek mythology. But this time, you're actually playing in the underworld. Now, granted, yes, you are trying to fight your way out of it, right? But the fact that the main characters in the main setting is the underworld itself. It's not just an an area that you're going to go and explore for three or four hours and then get out of there, right? Like, it, I don't know. I really love the fact that they went so heavy with that. And there's so many little cool nuances and seeing all the little, like, harpies and, Medu- right? Like, there's cool aspects to this title. And it was super, super fun. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. But we talked about that game in depth <laughs> in some of our previous episodes. I think it was the mm-hmm. best game of the year last year, right? That we talked about it for a long, long time. Or was that 2020? 20, oh, gosh. The years are molding together. <laughs> I know. I'm like, damn. I think it was 2020. Cause I, remember, I remember the pandemic being a big deal. Yeah. And that came out and it was kind of like distracting enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's such a great title. And it does depict things in a very like great light like i loved the way that they depicted the gods and just it it was so so clever just i I loved it the synergy with everything yeah just an amazing title and a great portrayal of greek mythology now the i have one more game that i do want to bring up that i think is a it might be kind of unexpected because it's not the biggest title in the world but it i really love the way that they captured not just Greek mythology, but Greek art too, right? And that's um, Apotheon. Or like mm. the, the, when you think Greek pottery, right? Like they have a very distinct style in which they paint their pottery. A lot of rich blacks with like really, I don't know, it's just very, very like geometric patterns, things like that. And the entire game itself is in that style. So it is in the exact style of Greek pottery. Like it actually, when I first saw the trailer, it was reminding me of Hercules, the Disney movie, <laughs> right? Like with the whole like story montage of him running through and like this, um, how he was able to, uh, you know, complete the trials and it like kind of sped through it, but it did it in the style of the Greek pottery. Like I thought that was really cool, but you get to actually play an entire game of this. Now it's not the most in-depth game. It's a 2D side-scrolling platformer, like Metrovania style. And the whole point is to get to the top of Mount Olympus and, you know, take on the pantheon of gods to save humankind. Uh, but I think the the main takeaway from this title, which I think is 
a great thing to do because while, yes, we've been talking a lot about um, some amazing portrayals of the mythology in Greece, not a lot of games really like take the art style of Greece and I, I like in that setting. And I think that's very interesting. So it's nice mm-hmm. to actually see someone actually use the if like if you asked a game or a, an artist to do concept art for you in ancient Greece, it would be in this style. Like this was their style of portraying their heroes. So it is a really cool thing to see and actually be able to play through. So it's it's really fun. It was a really cool looking game. I remember looking at this multiple times throughout the years and I'm like, it's so stylish. Like you don't, I love games that do this, right? Like I'm thinking about Pentiment where they kind of make it look like a manuscript, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's a cool timepiece. And this is, you know, for Greece and it's, it looks so good. Like it's just, it works. And I, I love this style. Yeah, it's, it's fun. So we've talked about a lot of different games and a little bit of the background in which why video games portray Greece so, I guess, correctly in in such detail and why there might be so many games out there that have inspirations from Greek lore and things like that. But now let's ask the question of what's in the rest of the world? What other regions have actual portrayals of their own culture, their own myths, their own legends? Well, we're going to find out in some of our other episodes. Uh, This is going to be the end of our tale in Greece. But don't worry, we're going to be diving into some other fantastic folklore from around the world to find some games and bring them to you. And who knows, you might find a new favorite folklore or some new gods that you or new stories or new tales of heroism that really speak to you. But until then, that's going to do it for us. And thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye for now. Thank you.